Good afternoon and welcome to the Thunder Buddies podcast. I am your host, Michael Martin, and I am joined by my Thunder buddy, Joe Masato. Joe, what's going on today? Well, I was just in a brief panic because we were about to get on and, and start recording the podcast. Then my dog, Maya, goes crazy, starts barking. We have someone at the door. I'm trying to sell solar panels for the house. I appreciate the hustle. Just not interested right now and and had other things to do, like the Thunder Buddies podcast. It's a tough sell with the, uh, with solar panels, especially whenever the sun's not really out lately in the last couple of weeks. That's a really good point. They should really pick and choose their spots. Um, maybe maybe wait for springtime or summer to arrive. But speaking of a bad spot, the Thunder won a bad spot on Wednesday as they lose to the Houston Rockets 112 to 106 in a game where the Rockets didn't even have Jalen Green or Kevin Porter Jr. What'd you see in that matchup? Yeah, I, I mean, don't you think it was kind of a blessing in disguise for the Rockets that they didn't have Jalen Green or Kevin Porter Jr.? I, I mean, you don't really say that um, when a team is missing their two leading scorers, but it kind of forced them to play more team ball, and it probably helped their defense out quite a bit. But regardless of Porter and Green being out or in, that's a team the Thunder should beat, but for some reason, um, it's been a team that's confounded the Thunder for the last two seasons. The Rockets are 5-1 and one against OKC, and as two rebuilding teams, they often get compared a lot, and I realize Thunder fans aren't too fond of the Rockets, which um, makes this one hurt a, a little bit worse, but it's just so weird because like, you compare the rebuilds, the Rockets are completely disorganized they have collected talent that doesn't necessarily fit together they've had vets in and around that organization kind of talk about what a mess it is right now and then you have the thunder who's like completely buttoned up they have a plan everything like that um so so it makes no sense right that the the rockets have been this much better than the thunder i tweeted something out and i put in uh the brackets that i was whispering so hopefully the rocket fans didn't hear me but i thought they were a lot better without jalen green kevin porter jr their defense was much better and then the guys were moving the ball around a lot more speaking of which eric gordon was looking pretty spry with those two guys out there uh, without them out there as he was getting the ball a lot more he goes for 25 points on 8 of 17 shooting 3 of 6 from 3 and got to the lane about any time he wanted I thought he and Tari Eason were the two best players of the game for Houston. Yeah, Gordon, every time I watch the Rockets, I can't believe he's still there. It doesn't make any sense. It's like, you know, when when is this guy going to get traded? What is he doing here? He doesn't fit what they're trying to do. Why not just, like, give him his minutes to a younger guy? Eason, I, I wasn't the biggest Tari Eason guy um, coming out of the draft. Um, just with some things you've heard as far as, like, you know, didn't really know the playbook or, you know, wasn't um, he was like an effort over like decision making guy. At least I, I, I don't know, Tarison. Um, that was a jury player. But when you watch him, I'm just drawn to him. And it goes back to summer league. He was a standout there. Um, his energy is contagious. He had that one just insane sequence when he got four offensive rebounds um, after four of his misses and finally put it up and in. For, for the and one, and he was surrounded by three Thunder players. Josh Giddy was down there. Um, Trey Mann was down there. I think Kenrich Williams, but um, Tari Eason was battling, and I thought that was kind of indicative of the night for the Rockets. Like, they they just brought it a little bit more, and maybe it's the Thunder. Maybe the Thunder has reached 
um, the point of the NBA in which you play down to your level of competition. I was thinking about that because it was like the thunder of all teams who should know you can't do this. They did it like where it's like, oh, yeah, Shea's out. This or that guy's out and the thunder come out and they beat somebody. They were on the opposite end of this for once finally. And they're like, you know what? We'll we'll do the same here. We'll pay back the favor and see what happens. But Tari Eason was awesome. Like you mentioned, his energy, he was just impactful all over the floor. He had 20 points and 13 rebounds in 19 minutes. He 12 of his 13 rebounds were offensive rebounds. You mentioned the stretch there, but he uh, is the first Rockets rookie to have the stat line or better since Hakeem. Yeah, and he was the first, uh, the the Rockets put out this stat, he was the first player to have at least, uh, he had 11 offensive rebounds? Uh, 12 of his 13. Okay, so he was the first, he, he was one of four players um, I think since it's been tracked in 1983-84, um, to have at least 12 offensive rebounds and one of the number was high as 12. Um, Tristan Thompson was the last one to do it. But yeah, that's just nuts. I mean, getting 13 boards and 12 of them offensive. I mean, this game set all sorts of those records as far as offensive rebounding go. Um, the Thunder had 24. The Rockets had 24. That's the most the Thunder has had all season. It's also the most they've given up. And they talked before the game about how that's the Rockets thing. They're very good offensive rebounding team. It's like the one thing they do well. Um, And it was a big problem, but really for both teams um, combined for the most offensive rebounds in any game this season. So just a, just a weird, weird game. Yeah. The Thunder this season, Joe are shooting 22 of 87 from three, 25% against the Rockets. It's just see some of that is like not the Rockets. It's just like bad luck at the back yeah. at the wrong time. Um, it's the volatility of three point shooting as Mark Dignall always brings up. But it's just a weird weird things happen with these with these Rockets. But uh, good news for the Thunder, they get them again um, one day from now. They do. Before we move on to that, I thought that Josh Giddy was the one bright spot for the Thunder as he goes for twenty points on fifty percent shooting on nineteen shots, two of six from three, and then also tallies eight rebounds and eight assists. He's the player of the game in a game we probably all hope to forget. Yeah, Josh was like one of the lone efficient guys. It was a really rough night from Shea, uncharacteristic, was was very inefficient. And it had all the makings of game in which Shea would dominate. I mean, the Rockets are 28th in defense. They have no semblance of rim protection. Where does Shea get all of his points at the rim? Um, Yet he he really struggled against the Rockets. I couldn't really figure it out. Maybe it's just you know we're getting close to All Star break. Guys are tired. Need to need to need to rest. Whatever. I mean, maybe maybe that explains it. Um, but it was not a good night from Shea Giddy, as you said, um, was was pretty good. But there were not a lot of other bright spots. No, there were not. But luckily, they get a second chance on Saturday, which brings us to this next point of. What do the Thunder really need to focus on, improve on, or do well in their rematch against the Rockets to win on Saturday? Yeah, j- just one more. I-, I should have mentioned Trey Mann, I thought, was a bright spot. Um, just getting his shot to go a little bit. I think it's all about confidence for him, and he's just hasn't seen the ball go through the net recently. It- as far as what they need to do, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know. Channel like their inner Tari Eason, try- maybe try a little harder, bring it. Uh, against the Rockets, don't fall into a big first quarter 
and halftime hole. Um, it kind of goes back to like earlier season Thunder when we were talking about how bad of a first quarter team this was. And that's really the Rockets, not messing around with them, not like just stepping on their throats and like not even giving them a, a thought that they could win the game. I, I mean, I'm talking about this like Thunder Rockets game, like it's, you know, game seven of three years ago. It's not. But I do think it's an important game as regular season games go. Not only because the Thunder is slipping a little bit when you when you look at the Western Conference standings from the play-in and playoff race, some of the other teams around them have um, gone on many bursts. So it's important from that standpoint. It's also important from just like a hey, this shouldn't be happening standpoint. I agree. Um, I think the same things. The Thunder just need to come out with a little bit more effort. Um, I think this is a team, like you mentioned, step on their throat. I don't think they're a team that's really going to fight back. They're not like the Thunder where it's like all these. 2015 point comebacks or anything like that um overall i think they just need to shoot better and then you just can't go, get killed uh, inside the same way the rockets were killing you guys because the rockets were a plus 20 on points in the paint and a plus 13 in rebounding over the thunder so a lot of inside presence over the thunder in that one which usually those sort of effort stats the thunder always win it just felt like they were losing a lot of those opportunities on wednesday night yeah, and I thought Jay Will actually did some good things inside against Shangun. Um, Shangun struggled from an efficiency standpoint, and I, I thought you know Jay Will banged down there with them as as far as toughness, but overall the the Thunder certainly lacked that inside. Well, the Thunder did get some good news last night as Shea Gilgis Alexander was named as a reserve for his first ever All Star team in 2023. I just wanted to get your biggest reaction from that and overall feelings about Shea becoming an All Star and what it means. Well deserved. Um, I I voted him as a starter. I thought it was a lock that he was going to get selected as a reserve, and and um, so yet last night was more of a formality of what we all expected, but. Still a celebration inside Thunder headquarters. Um, there were some videos of, you know, some of Shea's teammates surprising him and celebrating with them last night. So that was pretty cool to see. Um, just uh, kind of the the crowning achievement up to this point of, of his career is like consistently getting better and better and better. And this is a, a recognition of that. He, he certainly had the numbers to back it up, um, keeping this team competitive. So the fifth all-star in Thunder history, joining Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, and Paul George. And he's the uh, 19th all-star appearance among those guys all time for the Thunder, which is kind of insane given that this team just got here not too long ago in 2008. So like 19 appearances in 15 seasons, that's a pretty good ratio. It's insane because even like I know the Thunder have had all this talent, but at the same time, I was like, oh, well, is this like a Sonics included stat or not? Or like, is this a Thunder exclusive one? But like you mentioned, 19 All-Star selections in 15 seasons. They've had one All-Star in 12 of 15 seasons and two All-Stars in seven of 15. Just incredibly rare air for the Thunder as they just get all these All-Stars in. But for Shea, I was just very happy to see him get the recognition. And it just felt like an arrival for him of like, Yes, I am an all-star and I'm finally on the scene here. As much as people talk about him being one of the more underrated guys in the league, that's a very nice title, but I'm sure that Shea would rather be properly rated as one of the best young guards in the NBA. Yeah, it's like when I'm writing about him. So 
you know, Shea Gilgis Alexander on first reference, Gilgis Alexander on second reference, sometimes SGA, sometimes the Thunder's 24 year old guard, all of these things. Sometimes it's like it used to be fringe all star or like future all star, and now he's just all star. So, um, um, thank you, Shay, for helping me simplify my writing. We'll have to give you a few more suggestions on different ones of Maple Jordan. I remember the Molson twins was the one that <laughs> Presty put out there. Yeah, I, that one was too much of a deep cut, and it's no wonder that it hasn't stuck because like they weren't even aware of that nickname. But um, yeah, very Sam Presty nickname. Yeah, Shay was like, I don't know what Molson is. It's, it's, it's a Canadian beer. And then the Olsen twins, they were on like Full House. And he's like, yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. I did. Did you know what Molson was, though? I did not. I didn't either. Sam Presti's <laughs> a little bit more cultured than us in our in his uh, uh, I don't know foreign beers and things like that. Yeah, I, I stick to those American beers. Not not really, but um, yeah, that was a that that, that was a deep cut for sure. Well, luckily Shea was not an All Star snub this year. It feels like every single year there's a guy with how much talent there is in the NBA that feels like they're on the outside looking in, like they should have been an all-star. So I wanted to ask you as an all-star voter and just somebody who watches a lot of the NBA, who do you feel like was the biggest all-star snub uh, from this recent season? I think it's Aaron Gordon. Um, The Nuggets are the best team in the West by a wide margin. Now a four game cushion. I I don't typically subscribe to the idea of like the best team needs to get two players, but I I, I just think it's so deserved what he's brought to that team from a defensive standpoint when they really need it. Just that, I I mean, we we saw what he did against Shea Gilgis Alexander. I I mean, he's just really tough on that end. Also, he's he's just shooting career highs across the board, Um, has been very durable. I think he's played in 46 games. So, I thought Aaron Gordon deserved the nod. And um, as you mentioned in the outline, if, if you're going to say someone was a snub, get a get a step up and take someone out of the lineup. Um, I did not vote for Zion Williamson as a starter. He was named the starter. So it kind of seems blasphemous that I would take a starter out completely. But um, that's what I'm going to do because he played in 29 games. Gordon played in 46 games. Now, the case for Zion is the Pelicans stink without them. They've lost 10 straight and have like the worst offense in the NBA all of a sudden. But I, I just think when, when one guy is playing 17 more games and that's the best team in the West. And like, if you're like, Hey, would you rather add Zion Williamson or Aaron Gordon to your team? Obviously it's Zion um, from an entertainment factor. I mean, Gordon is an extremely good dunker, but um, I, I think Zion is certainly more famous. More people would want to see him. So I totally get why he won the fan vote. I would just have Gordon in there um, over Zion for what he's achieved this season. That's a good uh, shout out. I went with more reserve of a guy who I would take off, but I was not looking at it with the uh, same, I don't know, vision as you were to even look at the star films. But I had... I also went on the west side. I went with Anthony Edwards, who I felt like should have gotten the nod over Paul George. Anthony Edwards, much like your case for Eric Gordon, uh, Aaron Gordon, just availability is the best ability. Ant has played 54 games compared to Paul George's 38. The two have almost identical stats. Their teams are very close with the Clippers ahead of the Wolves only by half a game. But Edwards has played a lot of stretches without a very good cast. I mean, he has had D'Angelo Russell for 40 for, uh, let's see, 51 games and 44 games of Rudy Gobert, which 
has not always been helpful for him and only 21 games of Carl Anthony Towns, but Anthony Edwards is sort of succeeding despite parts of this roster. And he's been the main reason of why they are fighting for a playoff spot at only 21 years old. I like that pick. I like that pick a lot because the Wolves were a complete disaster earlier this season. Obviously, everyone's poked fun at them for the Gobert trade, um, for kind of the um, inter-squad dynamics um, that that team has showed. And Edwards, to some degree, has been a part of it, like making you question things, some of the stuff he said. But like his play has backed it up. He's been absolutely phenomenal. And it's like he's been so good that the disaster that was the Gobert trade, um, you know, how Towns fits into all this and his availability. Um, Edwards has really kept that team afloat and, you know, might might push them into the in, in firmly into the play in and maybe into the playoffs. So I like that uh, pick quite a bit. I appreciate it. Well, on the OKC Dream Team earlier this week, you guys did a rising stars draft where you drafted the rookies and sophomores, such as Josh Giddy and Jalen uh, Williams to different teams. We're going to do something similar with it being topical of the all-star draft where we are going to draft the all-star starters and reserves from these two different teams, starting with the uh, starters is the same way that the uh, all-stars will be drafted. And then we'll move on to those reserves. Joe, I will let you go first as always. Ooh, I was, I was hoping to get the number one. Actually, I don't know. I don't feel strongly about number one, but I appreciate I appreciate the nod. Um, I love drafts, by the way. Um, I'm a big uh, fantasy sports player, so uh, I'm used to drafts. So watch out, Michael. It's uh, you might be in for a rough one. Um, okay, my number one pick in the All Star draft. I might get tomatoes thrown at me, but I am selecting Kevin. Durant of the Brooklyn Nets. Not a bad pick. I mean, they know bad, bad picks. It's the all-star game. But um, yeah, I told you in some of the rundown outline of you can do this however you want. You can make the most entertaining p- team possible, best team uh, to win possible or whatever. And we'll at the end, I'll put out a Twitter poll and see who had the best one. I'm going to go with Giannis Antetokounmpo as my first pick. I like it. See if a pick like that, I think you're going to win, right? I mean, we're only we're only two players in. No, I mean, like you're you're playing. I, I mean, oh, okay, entertaining, but like you, you're building a you're building a team to win. That's a fair point. I I am too. I'm, I'm just I I was just trying to confirm. I am I think Durant is is easy to build around, so I'm just going to have him in place. Then I'm going to add to it and. uh Man, Thunderpins are gonna hate me. I because I've seen this partnership work pretty well. I'm gonna select Stephen Curry. That was gonna be my next pick. I should have just taken Steph first. Yeah, now you need shooting, man. Um, feels like you're in a very good spot with it. <laughs> I'll go with Luca. We we'll have the international connection here. So you have Katie and Steph, and I have Giannis and Luca here. Luca is off the board. Um, he's going to be yapping too much to the uh, officials, so I'm I'm fine with that pick. Um, I am going to select the back-to-back MVP 
Nikola Jokic. I feel like I'm going to lose this one. It's still early. Maybe the, the, the first pick helped me a lot. It does help a little bit. Um, I'll take... I'll, I'll keep going with younger guys. I'll take Jason Tatum. He's That's got a little pick. bit more pr- to prove in an all-star game format. <laughs> so we're left with... LeBron, Zion, Mitchell, and Kyrie. Oh, man. I love the way this is shaping up for me. I'm going to select LeBron James. Yeah, you're getting a good end of the stick here. You better have a good bench, Michael. I That's my only hope. <laughs> I don't want to take Kyrie. <laughs> Someone has to. Someone will. I'll take Donovan Mitchell then. We're we're lacking in some shooting here, but we'll our effort is gonna really overcome you guys. I, I ber- besmirched his name earlier, but I am gonna take Zion Williamson. Well, that leaves me with Kyrie Irving, which is for my sake exactly what I wanted, since he usually kills Steph. But we're gonna move <laughs> on to the reserves, uh, just for the starters, for everybody who's keeping track. Joe has Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. Zion Williamson, Nikola Jokic, and LeBron James, whereas I have Giannis Antetokounmpo, Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, Kyrie Irving, and Luka Doncic. Are you ready for the reserves? Yeah, I think we should give you the first pick. I appreciate it. Um, I will be a homer here. I'll... No, wait, no. I. Yeah, I'll take Shea. I'll take Shea first just to be a homer on this one. <laughs> Yeah, Shea was number two on my board um, as far as reserves. Right behind a guy I had starting, and that's Joel Embiid. You're going to have Embiid and Jokic. I knew I'd probably regret that, but this is just the price we pay, unfortunately. <laughs> it's a tough world. It's a, it's a tough world. Even with the first pick and the reserves, I somehow managed. <laughs> you you got a little bit more drafting experience, like you mentioned. This is like LeBron versus... <laughs> Giannis and some of these drafts playing 8D chess against me right now. But okay, so let's see. I'm going to need a wing probably. Um, Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown was number three on my board. Um, I'm going to go John Morant. Not a bad pick. You're getting all the athleticism now just in your reserves, it feels like. That's right. My my starters are going to sprint out to a big lead. My reserves are going to hold it down. And, and then once we get to the Elam ending, I'm just going to have Embiid swatting everything away. I will pick with this next one. I'm going to need some bigs here. I'll take Bam Adebayo as a guy in an all-star game who doesn't really need to shoot all that much and then can guard enough for my team to hopefully tread water against Jokic and uh, Embiid. I'm pretty set on bigs. Sorry, I'm flipping up my, my notebook. This is a very serious exercise. I'm going to select Damian Lillard. Nice. Love Dame around here, friend of the program. <laughs> uh, for my next pick, I will go with. I just like Tyrese Halliburton, so I'm taking him. <laughs> That's a good reason. He just kind of fits everywhere. 
I'm going to go with another guy that fits everywhere and select Paul George. Paul George. Sir, Thunder Legend, Paul George. Um, I'm going to continue. I'm interested to see who goes last here. Um, By the way, the um, we, we have five guys left by my count. No, Drew, six guys left. Drew Holiday, DeMar DeRozan, Demonis Sabonis, Laurie Markkinen, and Jaron Jackson, is, uh, and Julius Randle. Okay. Yeah, so five of these guys were the last five guys on, on my list. So I, I think we've done pretty well up okay, to this Nice. Point. We're going chalk here on the board. Um, my hope is to get the Memphis statistician, but I'm taking Jaron Jackson Jr. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so Triple J was the uh, one guy that was not among my bottom five. So I think that's a very fine pick. Um Okay, I think we've reached. I, I think we've reached the bottom tier of the draft. And I mean, no offense to any of these guys. Very good, very good basketball players, all stars, in fact. But um, I see a line of demarcation right here. Um, I'm gonna pick a uh, uh, man. Putting too much thought into this, I'm gonna pick Demonis Sabonis. Getting all the former Thunder guys, it feels like. Yeah, Got... KD, George, Domas. That ends up, you know, that might end up working in your favor, but I only have the one current Thunder guy for the fan vote at the end, so we'll we'll see what happens. You got Sabonis. Hmm. I will take... Let's see. What, what is my lineup looking like? Do I have enough? I'm going to need some wing depth. Let's go with... Drew Holiday, who I think J.J. Reddick said can compete in any Olympic event and probably win. That might end up mattering in an all-star format. Who knows? Well, I'm also considering all factors, and I want the crowd on my side there in Salt Lake City. So I'm going to select Laurie Mark and then. Not a bad pick. It was between Drew Holiday and Laurie Mark and then for me. And then we have our last two standing staring at us in the in the park as they wait to get picked. And they're going, please, I just don't want to be picked last. This is sad. Like, but if you told me going in, who do you think the last two players will be? I probably would have guessed Julius Randle and DeMar DeRozan. I will pick DeMar DeRozan. Uh, <laughs> a lot of it just because I don't want to pick Julius Randle, but <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm going to spin it around. DeMar DeRozan is a former dunk contest champion, I'm pretty sure. He played in a lot of those great Raptors teams. He was uh, one of the more clutch players uh, last season. And we're going to need a closer in this lineup. So I'm taking DeMar DeRozan. I'm going to sell myself on it. Yeah, well, um, that's who I would have picked, which leaves me with Julius Randle. Has all-star appearance. Um, you remember the great season he had two seasons ago. He was actually an all-NBA player. He was most improved. Um, here's what I'm telling Julius, though, is he's going to have to fight for minutes. This isn't a everyone can play and we're, we're going to roll the ball out. He's a, he's going to have to fight with some guys on the depth chart. So I, I don't know if I'm going to play Julius Randle, but he is going to be on my team. Before we get into the final rosters here, I just wanted to get your opinion on this because I'm a firm believer and I think it'd be a lot of fun because the Rising Stars game is obviously four different rosters and they go in a little bit tournament style. 
I'd like to see that with the main all-star game as well. You see teams of four, of like seven to eight guys and you see more of those guys playing rather than a couple of guys getting buried on the men, on the bench because overall in the all-star game, there's probably just not enough minutes for all of these guys. And I think it would also incentivize some of the guys to play a little bit harder if they want to play in more than one game there. So how many how many guys would you have on a team? Seven or eight. It would be probably, okay. yeah, and it would be the Elam ending just like the Rising Stars would be first to 50. So so that would give us 28 to 32 All-Stars when right now we have 24. Um, a lot of people have brought that up, expanding the All-Star rosters, and that would be a natural way to to do it. Um, I'm, not, I'm not against it. Um, I also don't... Feel strongly about it either way. I think, I think the NBA has actually done a good job with the All Star Game as far as trying to modernize it and spice it up a little bit. I mean, obviously, we we saw them go away from East versus West um, to to this draft with two captains, and now this year we've seen them. Well, well, two years ago, three years ago now, I guess we saw them switch it up with the Elam ending. I thought that was phenomenal. Like, which is fine, but then the fourth quarter it really ratchets up. Um, and I've enjoyed that. And then you've seen further change this year with picking um, picking the team, not on the TNT broadcast, but um, 30 minutes before tip-off. So I think that's going to be very cool. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they went to a tournament format. I, I think it's worked well for Rising Stars in the limited time that we've seen it. So, so yeah, why not? I might go against my own idea that I just pitched because we were just talking about Julius Randle and DeMar DeRozan and not having anybody who we really wanted to pick. And I'm like, well, what if we had six more guys? <laughs> what does this look like? <laughs> yeah. But it, it could be worse. I mean, the, let's see what happens with all these guys. Maybe they shine out. Maybe they play really well. Yeah. And the, the league is deeper than ever. Um, there, there's a lot of talented guys who who didn't get in. I mean, we mentioned two of our snubs in um, Aaron Gordon and Anthony Edwards. So that would be two guys to add to it. I know a lot of people think Jimmy Butler was was deserving and should have been included. Um, I think it was Charles Barkley last night who seemed very upset that De'Aaron Fox wasn't an all-star, um, which I don't know. That's a that's a strong take, but anyway. Um, Charles Barkley, by the way, talking about the Thunder's future. I don't know if you heard this, Michael, but, uh, you know how they, they broadcast outside of the arena, you know, in the playoffs, finals, whatever. And he was like, before too long, we're going to be back because obviously he meant Bricktown, but Brick City just sounds like an awful place to play basketball. I mean, <laughs> so, over the, uh, over the last couple of years, it's been pretty similar to Brick City with some of the three point shooting, but they've, they've turned it around. It has been Brick City. Um, also, it's just like an easy nickname for for the Thunder when they when they aren't shooting the ball well or going through tough stretches offensively. Um, but but yeah, long long live Brick City. And then our final draft. It looks like right here you have Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, LeBron James, Zion Williamson, Nikola Jokic, uh, Joel Embiid, Ja Morant, Demonis Sabonis, Larry Markinen. Damian Lillard and Paul George, whereas on my side, I have Giannis Antetokounmpo, Luka Doncic, Kyrie Irving, Donovan Mitchell, um, Jason Tatum, Drew Holiday, Jalen Brown, 
Oh, you also had Julius Randle. I apologize to Julius Randle. <laughs> Bam Adebayo yeah. on my team. DeMar DeRozan, Tyrese Halliburton, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and Jaron Jackson Jr. So it'll be interesting to see who thinks who the people think uh, had the better draft here. Yeah, let us know. Let us know. Vote. Um, message us. Um, all that, all that sort of stuff. We we love listener interaction. Yeah, give us any draft uh, takes, any uh, draft advice. Obviously, Joe is a little bit more seasoned in this, so I'm going to need some advice going forward. You need to catch up a little bit. He's a little bit more seasoned than me. You'll get there, Michael. I have faith. One of these days. Uh, last thing before we get out of here, I know the Thunder are going to play against the Los Angeles Lakers on TNT next week on Tuesday. They got shifted last night it's more it's less of a thunder thing and more that lebron is going for the all-time uh leading score record in nba history i just wanted to get your overall thoughts on that and are you somebody who cares that it's going to happen likely against the thunder or are you somebody who it's like well let's hope that he uh the thunder shut him down and it doesn't happen or does it really matter all that much to you no i i really want it to happen against the thunder because i will be there at crypto and just think it would be really cool to see history being made. Um, just, I mean, it's hard not to admire LeBron James and, and what he's done. So I, I do hope it happens. Um, it is cool that um, that game is going to be on TNT. Obviously, it is because of the LeBron factor, but it just so happens that uh, that he's playing the Thunder that night. And um, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I am trying to – I should know this – how uh how far is he away at this point? I think he's around sixty three points, and he has one more game yeah. before this. Yeah, so I mean, it's gonna be tough. Like he's gonna have to average over thirty a game, um, in, in these next two games. Like the his next game will tell us quite a bit. Like if he only scores eighteen points, I don't think it's gonna happen. If he scores 41 points, I, I think uh, it is going to happen. So uh, we'll be closely watching that one. But regardless, should be a fun night. Glad you're getting a media pass credential for that game for your seat, because it looks like right now the most expensive seat is going as high as $92,000 just for one seat at that game. <laughs> oh, boy. I uh, I would need it. A significant raise um, to uh, to even like work one year toward that. So uh, that is that is mind blowing and and comical, um, as indicated by the the laugh I just had. The goal is that we're going to split it up among a few people, and each person is going to get one quarter, and uh, we'll make it a little bit more affordable there. Even if each person is paying like twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I'm not good at math, but I'm going to I've got the $23,000. So, yeah, you and uh your three closest friends, go go dig up $23,000 under the couch cushions and and have a blast. Yeah, just chump change for guys like us. Go sit next to Jack Nicholson <laughs> and Chris Rock and all those guys. Uh, it's going to be an interesting game. I know Shannon Sharp said he's going to be there, so hopefully you'll get the exclusive with him whenever he tries to argue with uh I don't know, Josh Giddy or Poku's dad on the sideline. Oh man, Poku's dad is is not as high profile as T. Moran, but I hope something like that does happen. Who is the highest profile dad on the team right now? Is it Josh's dad? Um, I think it's probably 
Chet's dad because people have seen him, you know, with the video camera and everything at, at his games in college. Um, I've seen him a, a few times at, at Paycom Center. Um, Josh's dad obviously had a, had a very good career in Australia. Mike Mascala's dad is very active on Twitter. Um, yeah, other, I, I think those are I think those are the main guys probably. Tune in next week for the Thunder Dad draft. That's what we're leading into here, where I'm going to have the first yeah. pick. I'm going to get you in that one. There's some there's some good Thunder Dads. Uh, I I've talked to Jay Will's Jay Will and Jay Dub's dad, both lovely people. Um, I asked them how they decided to name their sons. Um, just getting the the background on that story for the Jalen Jalen story. Um, I've talked to Isaiah Joe's dad. Uh, Awesome person. I'm ready for the dad draft. I think I can do it. I think you need to go up and down the roster and just like, I have not spoken to your dad, so we're going to have to figure this out. If you could get a conversation with Mark Dagnalt's dad, I don't know what I would give to hear that, but I think it'd be incredibly interesting. Maybe just for me, but it'd be it'd be fun. Michael, I, I have talked to Mark Dagnalt's dad, but um, it was not in a, in a story, but um, I just wanted to blow your mind just now. Wow. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how much we can go longer on this. I mean, when we go to shoot around, that's going to have to be referenced about just like something that you learn from his dad just in passing. But it's been fun. Uh, looking forward to the game on Tuesday. Joe, thanks for coming on with me. Do you have anything to plug before we get out of here? Um, Nothing big. I mean, we'll be out at Thunder practice um, for recording Friday morning. We'll be out there Friday afternoon. I expect Shay will be available. So talking to him about um, being a first-time All-Star, getting that reaction, and uh, we'll have a story up later at Oklahoma.com. Should be interesting. Hopefully the Thunder can bounce back on Saturday against the Rockets. Um, we will have the game preview for Tuesday whenever we come back for the Tuesday pod. But thank you so much for listening. Make sure to rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm reading those every single day. It's been a lot of fun to see the positive reactions and then make sure to follow our social medias at thunderbudpod on twitter for more thunder updates news highlights and updates on this podcast and thank you so much for listening